chance to win it right here. Special for Carr. Off the bounce. Big time. That car will drive. Are you kidding me? This is Niederreiter holding on to it. And he scores. Nino Niederreiter wins the series for the Minnesota Wild. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. That strike three from Presley. And the Astros win it 3-1. to one, And they sweep the wild card series. Two games to none. Holding the Twins offense completely in check. With the sixth pick in the 2009 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Johnny Flynn from Syracuse University. Heartbreaking losses, questionable wins, and unquestionable fandom. This is your source for Minnesota sports talk. This is Land of 10,000 Tears with your host, Brett Lindbergh. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Brett Lindbergh. I am your host for Land of 10,000 Tears. I'm sorry for the hiatus that I've been on over the last couple of days. I went on vacation, didn't feel like I had time or the right environment to do a podcast, and then over the last few days, I got sick, and I'm still battling it, if you can't already tell, with my voice, but I have a ton to talk about. I hope you guys have been great over the last couple of days and enjoying the weather. I know it's not warm out in Menominee or Minnesota anymore, but it was great while it lasted. Hopefully, this uh, cold weather is going to be gone soon. I've got a great show today. Obviously, I missed a ton of things, so I have a lot to talk about. So that would include Vikings making moves, Gopher basketball making moves, talk about the NCAA tourney and how I was so wrong on a lot of things, Gopher hockey and how they had their Big Ten championship game against the Badgers last Monday night, look at the bracket for the NCAA tournament, got the Minnesota Wild and the Wolves to cover a lot of games There's a lot to talk about, and I'm excited to do it, so let's just dive right in. This episode is sponsored by Triple Threat Training. Train like the pros at Triple Threat Training, located in Downsville, Wisconsin, just south of Menominee. Easy drive for anyone in the west central side of Wisconsin or even on the east side of Minnesota. Get awesome experience with some great coaches. Get some reps in before the season started. I know it's right around the corner. So visit www.triplethreattrainingllc.com to schedule your appointment. Also check out their merchandise. They've got awesome hats, shirts, sweatshirts, everything good for walking around in or working out in. Also shout out to Tanner and Chanel Vavra. They just gave birth to a beautiful baby boy named Louie. Awesome for you guys. Congratulations. Let's get into the Minnesota Vikings. When I was down in Florida, was hanging out, listening to some live music, got a notification that the Minnesota Vikings had signed Patrick Peterson, and I just got really excited. Obviously, Patrick Peterson is a player that pretty much everybody knows about, and he reached the end of his deal with Arizona, and they elected to not re-sign him, and I'm sure there are reasons for that. I mean, guys get expensive, maybe they feel like he's lost a step or two, but for the Vikings, this is a good thing. Leadership-wise, talent-wise, they just need more depth in the secondary. And a guy like Patrick Peterson is going to be great for Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler and even Harrison Hand. Because Patrick Peterson 
has made a Pro Bowl in almost every single year of his career, and he's been an All-Pro in a lot of those years. I can't think of a better veteran corner to learn from than Patrick Peterson, which is great. They signed him on a one-year deal worth $10 million, a little bit spendy, and I think that's the only way they were able to get him. They probably weren't going to be able to sign him to a two-year deal because I think Patrick Peterson's kind of betting on himself at this point. But needless to say, I'm really excited to have him. And another move that they made is bringing in defensive tackle Dalvin Tomlinson, formerly with the New York Giants. He is a big boy. He's a run stopper. You're going to pair him next to Michael Pierce, which is great because the D-line that the Vikings put out on the field last season is drastically different now for the better. Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, hopefully Daniil Hunter's back. Having those three guys on your D-line is great. And then I'm sure they're going to move in guys on that other edge rusher spot like DJ Wanham and maybe it's uh, Steven Weatherly. I mean, they could draft somebody. I, I think they're doing really well and maybe they're not done making moves. But Dalvin Tomlinson now with the Vikings as well, really awesome. I didn't think that they were going to have enough money to make make these big signings, but clearly they're restructuring deals with Anthony Barr. They just did one with Adam Thielen, which will take his cap hit this year down from $13 million to about $5 million, so saves $8 million, which is good. Obviously, you need to save money and clear up some space if you want to make moves. You have to sign this year's rookie draft class as well. And then the Vikings actually traded for a center-slash-guard in Mason Cole, was with the Arizona Cardinals up until this point. He's played 32 games in his career. Nothing crazy about him. He's not super special, but the Vikings offensive line is pretty bad. So getting a guy who's proven that he's durable, can play multiple positions, couldn't be a bad thing. Like at worst case, he's a formidable backup. At best case, maybe he starts somewhere, guard, center, either way. I don't know. We traded a sixth-round pick for him, so goodbye to a sixth-round pick, but let's say you use that sixth-round pick instead of trading for him. What are the odds that that player is going to play this year? Probably not very likely, and I don't think his contract is very lucrative at all, so I think that's a good move. I, I don't have high expectations by any means, but at least to add some competition amongst the offensive line, that's good. That's it for my Vikings news, but... Stay tuned because I'm sure they're not done and I'm going to continue to bring up the Vikings when things become relevant, but that's it for the Vikings today. I'm going to segue into Gopher basketball now and they were definitely looking for a head coach after Richard Pitino got fired. I was surprised that he got hired right away. He's being brought in by the University of New Mexico. I honestly wish him the best of luck. I just thought his time was up here in Minnesota. I have to say though, if he changes his offensive approach at New Mexico, I'm going to freak out because he didn't do it one time at Minnesota. Just a little spiel there. This is not about Richard Pitino. This is about the hire that they made, Ben Johnson. And if you're not familiar with Ben Johnson, he is a Twin Cities kid, went to De La Salle High School, played at Minnesota for a couple of years. Then he coached under Richard Pitino after a stint with the UNI Panthers as an assistant. And then after his time with Richard Patino, he went to be an assistant with Xavier. And now he's being brought back. Ben Johnson, great kid. He played from 2003 to 2005 with the Gophers. 
And he was one of the main reasons why guys like Jordan Murphy, Amir Coffey, and Daniel Oturu came to play at the University of Minnesota. Those are probably the best three players who have played there, maybe besides Marcus Carr, in the last 10 years, honestly. Because all three of those guys are in the NBA. All three of those guys are very good players. And they're basically Ben Johnson products. This is big because Ben Johnson played in the Twin Cities and then he chose to go to Minnesota. He is the type of guy who is going to work very, very hard to bring in local talent. And that is how we're going to view him. It's going to be, did he bring in local talent? And I honestly believe he's going to be way better at it than Richard Pitino. So I'm excited about Ben Johnson, mainly because it's a fresh face. I also believe he's going to be successful in bringing in some local talent because he's got connections with the AAU programs all around the Twin Cities. So hopefully Ben Johnson is the answer and we can go in the right direction as a program from here on out. Sticking with basketball, I'm going to talk about the NCAA tournament now, and I know I did my last podcast on a full bracket breakdown, and I'm going to start by saying I didn't get them all right. Nobody did. I mean, this tournament has been crazy, but I definitely got a lot wrong. So looking at it pick by pick, let's just get into it. Took Illinois. That was right. But I took them to beat Loyola, and Loyola beat them. So wrong there. I took Oregon State. That was an upset. They won, but I didn't take them to beat Oklahoma State, but they did. So Oregon State is another team that I didn't have making it to the Sweet 16. Then I take San Diego State. Didn't even get out of the first round. Took West Virginia, and I didn't have West Virginia winning in the second round, but I didn't have Syracuse playing them, and Syracuse is in the Sweet 16. So that's another team that I don't have in the Sweet 16. So the Midwest region, I literally have one team left, and that's Houston. Like, I picked Rutgers to win in an upset, and they did. Picked Houston to win, and they did. And that's the only part of the bracket that I got right. And I have Illinois winning that region, going to the Final Four. Obviously, that didn't happen because Loyola Chicago made them look terrible. So literally, I can only get points for Houston from here on out. So going into the West region, that's a little bit better because I have Gonzaga still alive. But honestly, it's pretty bad. I took Gonzaga, I took Oklahoma, took Creighton, took Ohio. It was a great start from there. But I also took... Wichita State slash Drake over USC, probably a bad move. Took Kansas, and then I took Kansas to advance, and then USC just destroyed them. Took Oregon, took Iowa, and then Oregon made Iowa look terrible. I also took Ohio to beat Creighton, probably not a great idea. Creighton looks okay. I don't think they're going to beat Gonzaga, but they definitely are playing better than I thought. They look like the Creighton team that was playing well at the beginning of the season. I took Iowa to beat Kansas. Those two aren't going to match up. Not getting any points for that. So I literally only have one team left in the Sweet 16 in the West region. Let's look at the East region. Took Michigan, took LSU, took Georgetown. Georgetown looked terrible. Colorado put up 95 on them. Took Florida State. They look good. They're the team that I'm rooting for, obviously. I took BYU. They look terrible. UCLA looks really good, and I thought they were terrible. I took Texas. Texas got bounced. Abilene Christian came out of nowhere. Literally just crazy side of that bracket. Took UConn when Maryland beat them. And then the only good thing about that is I have Bama 
and Michigan and Florida State still alive. And I have Florida State in an upset over Michigan, so hopefully that happens. That's on Saturday. Honestly, just a crazy bracket. So I have three teams left in the Sweet 16 there. That's five total. Then going into the South, got Baylor. I took UNC and Wisconsin beat them. I took Winthrop and Nova beat them. Took Purdue and North Texas beat them. I took Texas Tech, and they won. And then I also had Texas Tech to beat Arkansas, but Arkansas won. Also took Florida. Florida was fine. And one of the biggest upsets of the entire tournament was Ohio State losing to Oral Roberts. I had Ohio State going to the Elite Eight. Obviously, that didn't happen. Oral Roberts looks like they could maybe make it to the Elite Eight. So, honestly, the bracket is just a mess. That's why they call it March Madness. But this is a tournament that is truly like no other because let's start out by saying you don't have Duke. You don't have Kentucky. And you have a pretty bad North Carolina team. And then you have like Syracuse ranked 11, Michigan State playing in a play-in game, UCLA playing in a play-in game. This is all crazy. Then you have teams that looked really good, like Ohio State, Purdue getting bounced. Texas gets bounced. Woof. Iowa getting just hammered by Oregon. I know Iowa's not a perennial power, but honestly, this is just crazy. Oklahoma State looked really good doesn't even beat Oregon State. Not to knock on the Pac-12, but I can honestly admit I didn't think they were going to be very good in this tournament. And they're the best conference right now in this tournament. Just crazy. Some of the upsets could could not see coming, although I picked a lot of upsets. Teams that I didn't think were going to win were Syracuse. North Texas was going to win. I didn't think Oral Roberts was going to win. I didn't even think that Michigan State or UCLA was going to win, even though those were probably two popular teams to go up and beat BYU. I didn't think that Abilene Christian was going to beat Texas. I mean, it's just crazy. Oral Roberts over Ohio State? To be fair, Oral Roberts has two players that average almost 30 a game. I mean, those guys can straight up ball. I think Kevin Obener and Max Obnas... Crazy. Those guys are great. Honestly, rooting for them from here on out because my bracket's ruined. But, I mean, I figured there'd be upsets. I didn't think they would be upsets over the teams I thought were unreal good. The Big Ten looks terrible. The only team left is Michigan. Illinois got toyed with by Loyola Chicago. That kid, Cameron Crutwig, is hilarious. He's so fun to watch. He literally just, like, boulders down the floor. But he's got some smooth hands. He's just passing all over the court, making Kofi Coburn look bad. Honestly, Illinois not making it to the Final Four is sort of a travesty, but hey, I mean, you got to play the games. You can't just write them in like I did. Just awesome. So there's some great games coming up this weekend. That would be Gonzaga versus Creighton. We've got Oregon versus USC. We've got Houston versus Syracuse. We've got Oregon State versus Loyola. Let's see, Baylor versus Villanova, Arkansas versus Oral Roberts. Honestly, some crazy games, and I'm going to be tuned in. I'm excited. Hope you guys are too. Hope your brackets aren't as bad as mine, but I'm, I'm betting they probably are. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Ted's Pizza Palace, located at 306 Main Street, East Menominee, Wisconsin. What better way to celebrate March Madness tomorrow and Sunday than by sitting down Ted's Pizza Palace or ordering out, enjoying some great food, maybe some drinks, watching basketball. Can't think of a better way. I might even do it myself. That's Ted's Pizza Palace. Taste the homemade difference. 
All right, we're going to talk about Gopher Hockey now. They played the Wisconsin Badgers last Monday night in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game, and Wisconsin had won the regular season, and they had taken a couple of games over Minnesota over the course of the regular season. So this was a big game for Minnesota. Not only can they win the Big Ten Tournament, but they can get some revenge against Wisconsin in a border battle. It was exciting. Both teams coming off of overtime games in the previous round. So I'm guessing they were pretty tired, being that they played three games in three days. And honestly, the Gophers just played way better. They might have wanted it more, but it was all Gophers in this one. The first period, get a goal from Blake McLaughlin, assisted by Jackson Lacombe and Scott Reedy to make the score 1-0. Getting into the second period, Minnesota gets another goal. Mike Coaster, assisted by Blake McLaughlin, Sammy Walker, making it 2-0. Wisconsin then making it interesting, getting a goal from Roman Akan, assisted by Ty Emerson, making it 2-1. And at that point, that's as close as the game was going to get. Minnesota getting another one. Brandon McManus, assisted by Jackson Nelson and Sampo Ranta, 3-1. Then another one, Scott Reedy, assisted by Sammy Walker and Blake McLaughlin, then 4-1. And then another one by Jackson Nelson, Brandon McManus and Jackson Lacombe getting the assists, making it 5-1 to one going into the third. That was daunting for Wisconsin, but they wouldn't go away quietly. They got another goal by Mike Vorlicky, assisted by Josh S. and Owen Lindmark. And then Roman Akan got another one, Ty Pelton-Bice and Linus Weisbach getting the assist, making it 5-3. So the Badgers are mounting a comeback. They got another one by Cole Caulfield and Owen Lindmark with the assist, making it 5-4. So honestly, a nail-biter, but Minnesota scoring an empty netter to make it 6-4. Blake McLaughlin getting the goal, assisted by Ryan Johnson and Ben Myers. And the Gophers win the Big Ten Tournament Championship 6-4, exacting their revenge against Wisconsin and claiming the Big Ten Tournament Championship. It was pretty likely that whoever won that game was going to solidify themselves with a number one seed going into the NCAA tournament, and can honestly say that it would have been Wisconsin if they had won, and it turned out to be Minnesota getting a one seed in this tournament. They get the number three overall seed, but the one seed in their region. The UND Fighting Hawks get the number one overall seed, followed by Boston College getting the number two seed, Minnesota getting the three, and Wisconsin still getting a number one seed, getting the four seed in their respective region. So what's it look like? UND Fighting Hawks going up against American International. Never heard of them, honestly. Don't expect much out of them. And then the other side of that bracket, Minnesota Duluth against Michigan. Down in Wisconsin's region, Wisconsin, today at noon, going up against Bemidji State. I'm going to be watching that while editing this. Probably have the results already by the time you're listening to it, but that's going to be exciting. The other side of that bracket is Lake Superior State versus UMass. Going over to the Boston College region, sadly, Boston College is advancing with a no contest. Notre Dame is not able to go due to COVID complications, so... They await the winner of St. Cloud State versus Boston U. That'll be exciting. And then moving over to the Gophers bracket, they're going up against Nebraska Omaha tomorrow night at 9 p.m. 
And if they win, they will await the winner of Minnesota State Mankato versus Quinnipiac. So I'm not sure if you caught this, but I announced five Minnesota teams making the tournament, which is the first time that that's ever happened in the history of the NCAA tournament. That's Duluth, St. Cloud, Bemidji, Minnesota, and Mankato all getting in, which is really exciting. Great. And that's probably why they call it the state of hockey, if you know what I'm saying. So rooting for those Minnesota schools, obviously Gophers first, but really excited for this. I will keep you up to date with how this tournament unfolds. I'm excited to see the Gophers, excited to see these other Minnesota schools. Hopefully they do well, and I'll keep you up to date. I'm going to stick with the hockey theme now and get into the Minnesota Wild Obviously, I missed a couple of games. I have five wild games to talk about, and to be fair, I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to give you the most brief recap of a five-game stretch you've probably ever had. So when I went on a vacation, I knew they were going into a series at Colorado against the Avalanche, and the Avs are right up there with the Knights and the Wild in the West region competing for that top spot. Avalanche are playing good hockey. No way to sugarcoat it. And they showed it. I'm not going to get into it, but the Avalanche honestly beat the brakes off the Wild. It was eye-opening. They scored 11 goals over two games, and the Wild only netted one. Not great goaltending done by Kakanen in the first and Cam Talbot in the second game. So the Wild definitely realizing that they got to play better hockey. Obviously, record-wise, it's not good to lose games, but it's sometimes good to get you know a little kick in the pants by a good team to get you to realize you got to play better. After that two-game series, the Wild came back to home ice to face off against the Anaheim Ducks in a two-game series, and the Wild had won their last eight in a row at the XL Energy Center, so that is where they truly play their best hockey. Go figure, right? You play better at home. And the Ducks are bad, so the Wild get back on the winning track in that game. Two to one goals by... Nick Bugstead and Ryan Suter, Cam Talbot, allowing one goal on 25 attempts. That's a 96 save percentage. So they win that game 2-1. to one. The next game, they're up against the Ducks again, and the Ducks kind of stuck around in this one. The Wild getting the win 3-2. to two. That's goals by Nico Sturm. And then two goals by Jared Spurgeon. Cam Talbot was in the net. Cam Talbot allowing two goals on 30 attempts. That's 28 saves and a 93% save percentage. Not a bad performance, but it is against a bad team. So typically you would hope that they play better, but nonetheless, they got the win. So that extends their home winning streak to 10 games. And last night they played against the St. Louis Blues. It was the first meeting of the year. This game was very interesting because if you look at the box score, you might think that St. Louis should have won this game. And that's not necessarily the case. So let's get into it. The Wild getting goals in the second period by Marcus Johansson and Kirill Kaprizov. Kevin Fiala and Jonas Brodin assisting on the first goal, and Matt Zuccarello assisting Kaprizov on the second. Zuccarello and Kaprizov have great chemistry. There's a reason why our, there's a reason why they're on the same line. I think they really enjoy playing together. You have a rookie and then you have a veteran. And I think they really just understand each other. So go figure that they would coincide on a goal there. But 
honestly, the Blues get nothing. And you look at the shots on goal, it's eye-opening. The Wild only had 11 shots on goal, but they scored two goals. And then the Blues had 37 shots on goal and didn't score any. And the Blues won most of the faceoffs at 56%. Neither team capitalized on the power play. Both teams equal on penalty minutes. Wild edged them out on hits and blocks, but save percentage by Cam Talbot was 1,000. Obviously good goaltending. Anytime you can pitch a shutout is worth noting. And clearly you're going to win that game. You're not going to end in a tie. That doesn't happen. So the Wild extend their home winning streak to 11 games, which is awesome. They are back in action on Monday night against the San Jose Sharks. So they get a little bit of a break going into that game, but let's check out the standings. In the West Division, you have the Golden Knights in first place with 45 points. 31 games played, they are 22-8-1. Then you have the Colorado Avalanche, that's 32 games played, 45 points, 21-8-3. Then you have the Wild, 32 games, 21-10-1, 43 points. And then the St. Louis Blues, 33 games, 16, 12, and 5, and 37 points. So the Blues still getting a playoff spot if the season were to end today. But they haven't been playing that great of hockey. They have some really good players, so I wouldn't necessarily count them out. We'll see if the Coyotes or the Kings can potentially make a run at it towards the end of the season. But honestly, believe that the Blues will make the playoffs, and maybe they'll start playing better hockey. So that's it for the Wild. I'll keep you updated on those games Monday and Wednesday both against the Sharks. Let's get into the Minnesota Timberwolves. But before I do that, it's time for another sponsor. That is North Coast Craftsman. I hope you guys visited them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to see what they can do. They make awesome wood furniture and home decor, things that just make your house look a little bit more homey, add a nice homemade touch. I hope you capitalized on that code brett10 to get 10% off your deals. It's almost the end of March. Maybe you can still get that. Send them a message if you've got something in mind. Definitely worth a shot. That is North Coast Craftsman. See what they can do. Let's get into the Minnesota Timberwolves now. Obviously, while I was on vacation, I missed five Timberwolves games, and maybe you guys didn't keep up with them. You probably didn't, because I'm guessing you don't really care, but I care. So, This is how those games went down. Lost to the Lakers, 137-121. No surprise there. So they went from L.A. to Phoenix. The Suns are a good team this year. Right now, they're in second place in the Western Conference. So it seems like the Wolves will probably lose this game. But if you're Phoenix, the only way that you lose this game is if you allow two 40-point performances. And they did. Carl Anthony Towns with 41 points and Anthony Edwards also with 42 points. I don't really know how that happens. I didn't watch the game. I checked on my phone, and I was just blown away. Like, how bad of a defense do you have to have to give up two 40-point performances? So they win that game 123-119, and they had 83 points combined between two players. Pretty funny. So then the next night, they face off against the Suns again, and they lose, 113-101. And then March 22nd, that was Monday, they lost to the Thunder, 112-103. And then Wednesday, March 24th, they went up against the Mavericks. 
So the Wolves kind of getting back into their groove as far as losing. That's typically what they do. They're still without Malik Beasley, still without D'Angelo Russell. Although Beasley has one more game left and then he can play again. So going up against the Mavs, Wolves have a huge lead in the first quarter. They were up by 16 and found themselves only up by three after the first quarter. Second quarter, Mavericks outscore them 26-22, making the score 56-55 Mavericks. And at that point, the Mavs kind of never really looked back, putting up 32 points in the third to the Wolves' 18 points. Mavs also putting up 40 in the fourth quarter. Wolves put up 35, but still less than 40. And that 18-point quarter kind of ruins it for you. So who performed well for Minnesota? Well, Anthony Edwards, 29 points. Cat had 22 Edwards shot 25% from three, 9 of 22 from the field. Edwards is shooting a lot of threes. If he can start making them, then it's going to be a problem because he's already putting up 29 and he's not making many threes. Cat was 4 of 9 from three, 8 of 20 from the field. So both of those guys played all right. Juancho Hernan Gomez with a decent 17-point performance, 5 of 9 from the field, 2 of 5 from three, although I saw him airball two threes, so that's pretty gross. Other than that, nobody really did anything well. Look at the Mavericks. Porzingis with 29. Doncic with 15, so not a great performance by him. Tim Hardaway, 21 points. Dwight Powell with 16. Jalen Brunson with 16. Like The Mavs were going to win this game. That's just the way that it is. Let's look at the box score. Decent field goal percentage for both teams, 48 and 45. Decent three-point percentage, 36-32. Free throws, they were pretty much even. Turnovers, Wolves had three more. The rebounding was the story. Dallas had 52 rebounds, 14 of them on offense. Wolves had 37 with six of them on offense. So that's pretty much what it was. Mavs getting two technicals in that one. That's pretty funny. But the Wolves looked pretty bad in this one, to be honest. And if you look at the standings for the tank, Wolves still have it in hand right now. 10-34, and 34, coming off of a three-game losing streak. And the Pistons are the closest team, followed by the Rockets, um, both at 12-31, and 31, two and a half games back of the Wolves. And the Rockets trading away Oladipo. I'm thinking that they're going to try to tank all the way out. So Wolves getting Beasley back at some point, getting D'Angelo Russell back at some point, and ultimately not making any trades means that the Wolves might be starting to play better basketball at some point. It's inevitable. You get your better players back. You're probably going to play better basketball. So I'm hoping that the Wolves can hang on to this bottom three seed. Obviously, you know why. Wolves don't get this draft pick if they're not bottom three. There's some good players coming out of the draft. So hopefully the Wolves can stay down there. They are back in action tonight at home against that team, the Houston Rockets. Pretty bad team. Two bad teams going up against each other. I probably will not be tuning in for this one. Somehow, someway, I want Minnesota to lose this game because we cannot let Houston lose to us. Houston can lose to good teams. That's fine. But you can't let Houston lose to bad teams. That's where I'm sitting with this. If I were you, I probably wouldn't watch this game. This weekend, we got a lot of great things to watch. You got college hockey, NCAA tournament. You've got NCAA basketball tournament. Got the wild. You got everything. Don't watch Minnesota Timberwolves. Just don't do it. I am excited to announce that I will be doing another episode tomorrow with a special guest that is 
Grant Bills, good friend of mine, does Wisconsin sports radio out of lacrosse, the Wisco Sports Show, WKTY 96.7. Going to get him on, talk about some Brewers stuff, because the Twins and Brewers are facing off opening day. So some of you Wisconsin sports fan listeners, make sure to tune in, get some of his thoughts. I'm excited to just bounce questions with Grant. Obviously great for answering questions about Wisconsin sports. I told him I'm going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at him. Maybe I will throw the kitchen sink at him, and hopefully he's ready for that. I'm looking forward to it. Could be a short episode, could be a long one. We might just talk for four hours. I don't know. So you guys go enjoy your weekend. Look forward to that episode. Like I said before, talking Brewers and Twins, so I'm going to give you everything you need to know if you've been craving some Twins information, and you can get some bonus Brewer stuff, maybe even some Wisconsin sports stuff. That's it for the podcast today. Hope you guys enjoy it and enjoy your weekend. Hopefully the weather gets better. We'll see you.